It's Wednesday, November 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. It's a short week for us because of Thanksgiving, but you know, we couldn't make it too short. We couldn't we couldn't just leave it at one or two. We we, we wanted to, you know, well, get three quarters of the way through the week. Uh, something a little different today. A couple of years ago, I got the chance to interview Jonathan Chevreau. Uh, Jonathan is a veteran financial columnist in Canada. He's written books. He's been the editor in chief of Money Sense magazine. When we when we launched Molly Fool Canada, Jonathan was actually one of the people that we got in touch with pretty early in that process. So um, we're we're fans of Jonathan's work. Last week, Mark Reith talked with Jonathan about his brand new book, which is called Victory Lap Retirement. They covered a bunch of topics, including advice for millennials, and the conversation began with Jonathan sharing how he defines financial independence. It's really the the point where at which all your passive sources of income from pensions, investment income, etc., uh, exceeds your monthly nut. So it means you can leave the corporate salaried gigs at some point uh, and know that uh, you, you your basic rent and food, etc., covered. So you have a certain amount of financial security, but it doesn't mean retirement. I mean, you can have early independence in your 30s or 40s. I mean, one of the reviews. I sent from um, retired forty. The guy said, "Well, you know, actually, it's not really retired by forty; it's semi-retired by forty. <laughs> but re- retire sounds is kind of a sexier marketing name. So, I mean, personally, I am semi-retired, um, but I'm probably probably working a forty-hour week. It's like the millionaire has asked was the secret of success. He said it was working half days. Just couldn't remember whether it was the first twelve hours of the day or the second twelve hours of the day." <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, you know, to your point, you know, a lot of this book, uh, this is not your average, you know, how to retire book. Uh, a lot of this book is about what you do in retirement, and you talk about. It. I think the very first line of the book actually admits you wrote a retirement book about not retiring. Uh, a lot of your book is about you know what you do after retirement, and that can include a career, uh, which I think a lot of people would have trouble you know associating with retirement. Uh, where did you where did you find this idea of a victory lap? Well, I take credit for independence, but I have to give my co-author Mike Drack credit for the victory lap concept. And uh, he and I are both in our early sixties, and he had put in his thirty some years in the corporate trenches with one of the big two of the big Canadian banks. Mm-hmm. And so for him, this is his victory lap. It's a pretty common pattern of you know your author, speaker, blogger, basically those three. So you see all these early retirement uh, websites, and they they claim to be retired, but in fact they're actually working. They're in the business of running websites and getting advertising and writing books, self-publishing books, and getting on the speaking circuit. And and as Joe Udo honestly put it, uh, retired by forty, he says, yeah, well it's semi-retirement, but it's no longer the corporate grind. It's no longer the salaried employee getting taxed death and putting up with meetings and commuting and all the rest of it. So you could call it entrepreneurship. Uh, some people would call it encore careers, legacy careers. Our term, the term that Mike came up was victory lap. And it's, you know, at least in Canada, it's doing pretty well out the gate. So uh, people are talking about it, it's getting a lot of reviews and, uh, and it's starting to sell. Well, that's great. Uh, now, when we talk about retirement, a lot of people have this idea of a finish line, and you talk about that a lot in the book. How do you get people who have that more traditional view of retirement, where you build up to this finish line, and then afterwards, it's all rest, it's all sedentary? How do those people with more traditional ideas of retirement come around to this way of thinking with a, a victory lap, a, a post-retirement almost career? 
Yeah, I, I, first of all, it's, it's about longevity, and probably we're saying, what, what, do a thought experiment. What if I'm going to live 10 years longer than I actually once imagined? So when you first started investing, in fact, this is very relevant to millennials. I did a review the other day of a book uh, it was called uh, The 100-Year Life. Every second millennial is going to live to, up to be 100, believe it or not. So what does that tell you about their uh, their time horizon? Their investment horizon is 80 years. Mm-hmm. And what does that say? That means they should be 100% in stocks, right? So right off the bat, this is relevant to, to millennials as well as their parents, the boomers. What we're saying is the millennials, because technology and the Internet, et cetera, don't have to go through the 30 years in the cubicles that the boomers, the parents, went through because they have – I mean, when I started out, if I wanted to start my own business in my 20s, you would have had to get, you know, basically raise $100,000, even if it was just your franchise. Sure. Any millennial can start a website on Wix for like 10 bucks a month, and mm-hmm. that, which is essentially in their own business. So um, I think a lot of people leave the big corporations, either voluntarily or involuntarily, because we often get uh, replaced by younger, cheaper models in the late 50s, early 60s. But you're gonna, you've got at least 25 years of, 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 of a life ahead of you. And quite frankly, you know, it can be a little boring, you know, just, uh, just reading and watching Netflix all the time. Um, so that I sounds think pretty good to me. They want to retire, but they don't really. Sure, sure. Well, you I know, th- that's, that brings up an interesting question here. So you mentioned longevity. Uh, you know, there is a practical side of continuing a career post-retirement. And you talk about that in the book. You know, like you said, thanks to advancements in medicine, our life expectancy is longer than ever before, which means you make that nest egg last longer than ever before. But, you know, I'd be afraid of crossing that line of working because I have to and not working because I want to. And I think a lot of the victory lap, a lot of the idea there is working because you want to. So how do you avoid crossing that line between want and have? It sounds like you have to have a lot of preparation, a lot of fin dependence before you even get to retirement. It's totally about fin dependence and, and, and basically smart investing. I mean, it, I'm, we're pretty pre- preachy to the choir to the Motley Fool audience because <laughs> they all, you know, most of them, I think, are investing in stocks and uh, as per year picks. And so they should. Um, but, but on the other hand, it, it's so much tougher now. First of all, interest rates are so low. I think it's obvious they bought them now under Trump. And so we're starting to head up on that front, but also the decline of the defined benefit pension plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's certainly the millennials, even if they even if they do get a full time job, which is hard enough, odds are it's not going to be this classic defined benefit pension that the boomers and their parents had. Uh, so you couple that, so they're basically you're on your own to invest your own money in self registered self directed uh, you know IRAs and Roths, et cetera, and 401ks, et cetera. Uh, and you, 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 nobody's going to give you a guaranteed return. I mean, you can get it from annuities. So that's a whole different conversation. So the best thing, I think, is to work at least part-time between you know, the, what used to be called the retirement years. We call it the victory lap years. So I think there's studies that, uh, that if you just work part-time, a couple, between 65 and 75, and make just $1,000 a month in your victory lap, uh, that's going to double your nest egg. And, and, and when you do stop finally working totally at 75, what would I call real retirement, um, the nest egg, rather than going down to zero, practically zero by your late mid-90s, is going to be significantly a, a higher and a lot less chance of running out of money. But the main thing is, is you need a reason to get up in the morning. Hmm. Um, when you leave the workplace, you miss the, the, you know, the water cooler conversations and the, just the social interaction, the mental challenges, uh, even the structure routine of commuting, that whole thing. I mean, you don't know what you got until you lose it. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. And and to that point, you know, you uh, make a distinction between this victory lap idea and the idea of uh, I think you refer to it as an encore or as a legacy career where you retire from a career you've been in for maybe 30 years and then try something completely new. You make that left turn in an encore as opposed to the victory lap. You're taking the experiences you've gained over the last 30 years and using them to your advantage. I think a lot of the book talks about, you know, not so much working for people, but maybe more working for yourself. Is that what you found with some of these victory lap retirees? Yeah, we have actually case studies of various people who've changed. I mean, I, I, I one guy was actually in the financial business, and his his sister-in-law, the life coach, convinced him he wanted to be an actor. Now he's on the silver screen. He's got an agent. He's like in his late fifties. He's completely into his victory lap. Uh, so. Uh, the, if you remember, there's a book called The Three Boxes of Life. A lot of financial planners have it on their shelves. And, uh, you know, basically we start out life in the, the education box, and we study, 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 and then we're in this long 30 years of the work box, making money, and then you in, traditionally had this 10 little short years of, of a permanent vacation called retirement. Mm-hmm. But for the millennials in particular, the, and the book 100 to 100 Year Life makes this clear, the millennials are going to be going back and forth, retraining back to school. So them it's not going to be all work, then all, sorry, all school, then all work, and then all play. It's going to be school, work play, school, work, play, cycling back and forth, back and forth. That you can imagine happening for that 70, 80-year time horizon we were discussing earlier and mm-hmm. why they should invest in stocks. But you're not investing for retirement. You're investing in independence because each time you want to come out of the workforce, whether you're forced to or you choose to, to retrain, to decide, hey, I want to be a doctor, I don't want to be a, a, a blogger or whatever, then you have, if independence, even in your 20s and 30s, is valuable because, I mean, I mean, it's traditional. People go back to school. They go to a community college. They said, oh, I've got to learn how to become an accountant. That's going to take two years' worth of money, so I need independence for that. And so, um, but the but the beauty is you don't necessarily need this huge amount of money. I mean, I know a lot of planners say you need a couple of million, which is nice if you have it. <laughs> if you don't have a defined benefit plan, it's worth shooting for. But the beauty of a victory lap and knowing that at least there's part-time income there, it's really about multiple streams of income. So you have some pension income, investment income, royalty income, part-time work income. If you run a website, you're going to get banner ads and all that. So if you have these five or six streams of income, two or three might be the traditional retirement ones and social security, um, you don't need as much of a nut because you're still bringing, actually bringing in. We call it uh, earning a play check, which means, again, <laughs> back to the subtitle of play while you work, work while you play. I mean, I try to travel as much as, as I can, do a speech or something on somebody else's dime. So there I'm earning a play check and I'm working while I'm playing and you could kind of, that's, that's the life. So uh, I call it Victory Lap, uh, and it's it's quite satisfying. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. It sounds pretty great, you know. And I, I do like that uh, you you keep on talking about millennials. Speaking as a millennial, I'm I'm 27 years old. Uh, oh, I'm, gee, you're almost. Uh, I could set you up with my daughter, who's 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Actually, she's doing her educational Victory Lap in Scotland right now. But <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, well, as a 27 year old, or when you're talking to your 25 year old daughter, you know, what are what are some uh, ideas? What are some what are some advice you would have for a millennial? Who probably, you know, it's certainly in my case, I don't think about retirement very often. I think of it as a like a, like you said, a finish line far down the road, getting even farther as medicine goes. You know farther and farther as well. Uh, so what would you tell a millennial like myself to do to prepare for a victory lap? 
Well, I mean, the, the Victory Lap Retirement actually goes right into this. O- on my website, which is the Financial Independence Hub or FindependenceHub.com, uh, Alan Moore of XY Planning Network, you may know it, he's the American financial planner and the X and Y stands for Generations X and Y. He actually wrote a guest blog for me on this exact topic saying, millennials should not be thinking about retirement, but they should be thinking of independence. You go back to the distinction between independence and retirement. For a millennial, it's ridiculous. You're saying, why should I save money for retirement 80 years from now? Why should the young, vibrant me give up stuff today for this old, fogey version of myself 85 years from now? It's going to be a complete stranger. But when you say, no, no, it's much more accessible, independence in your 30s, do you want to go back and take an MBA or go into journalism school or do you want to be an actor, you want to be a musician, whatever you want, whatever your dreams are, you don't, it's ridiculous to hold off your dreams 60 years from now and say, when I'm retired, I'm going to be this or that. Uh, and so therefore, that's what Alan Moore wrote, you got to be a, a millennial, it makes a lot, independence is a lot more achievable goal. So setting your Independence Day, or at least Independence Day number one at, what, 35, for example, and then you have those milestones, and you say, I need uh, $300,000 to to do my life goal from 35 to 40, and then after that, other things happen. So forget about the word retirement. We're saying retire the word retirement. That's why this is a book about, we call it a retirement book about not retiring. The book is Victory Lap Retirement. It's rated five stars on Amazon, so check it out. And if you want more insights into what's happening in Canada's stock market, you can get our free investing email, Take Stock. You can sign up for it just by going to fool.ca. That is the website for Motley Fool Canada, fool.ca, and you can sign up for Take Stock. The market's closed on Thursday because of the Thanksgiving holiday, so we are off until next week. But don't worry, this just gives you a chance to catch up on the latest episodes of all of the Motley Fool's podcasts. You can do that by going to podcast.fool.com, or even easier, just just subscribe. Just click that subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever, whatever platform you're using to listen to this. Click the subscribe button, and you will never miss an episode. If you're traveling over the Thanksgiving holiday, take us with you. But more importantly, be safe. Drive safely. Pack a little extra patience when you're on the road or you're waiting in line at the airport. And we'll see you next week. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by DJ Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.